catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Friday morning, July 1st. I'm Jacob Sedesi. And I'm Matthew Bell. And this is The Point from WUFT News. Inflation and other factors are putting pressure on Florida's food banks. I spoke with WFSU's Margie Menzel on what this means for the communities they serve and how Floridians can help. Here's Margie. The story is about food insecurity, and I've been reporting on on food insecurity for years. I visited uh, a resource fair at an elementary school that provides wraparound services to the kids. It's a community partnership school. And they also had Second Harvest of the Big Bend, and they had Farm Share. And I I didn't get there at 5 a.m., but I was told the cars were lining up at 5. And by the time I got there, you know, it took a whole team of people helping to to do the surveys and ask people, how did you hear about this? What do you need? And it just went on for hours. People have been really tested and the food banks have been really tested first by the pandemic, which it's not over to the people who are hungry and they're still going to the food banks. Now there's inflation that has put a terrific strain on the food banks. On the the families, of course, they need more help, but also on the food banks because they have to pay double for diesel fuel. Their their volunteerism is down. A lot of the volunteers are older people, maybe retired, able to donate their time. And then perhaps they were afraid of getting COVID. I think a lot of volunteer organizations have seen that, have saw a fall off in volunteerism during the pandemic. And then you have this supply chain issue and you have the inflation and more and more families are in trouble. And so now we're at a place where food banks don't have enough. They're being hit by inflation. They can't pass the cost on to the consumer the way a normal business would be able to do. It's like you get hit by inflation, you double the price of whatever you're passing on to the consumer. But you can't do that if your product is free. And, and if people are hurting, obviously, you want to make sure that you supply them with what they need. And basically, everybody I talked to said, we're not going away. We're in this together. And yes, we're hurting, but we're going to make sure we meet our mission of feeding hungry people. Do you have any specific examples of items that are experiencing extreme shortages during this period? The two that that I remember specifically from these conversations are fuel, because the price of diesel has pretty much doubled, and wages. And the thing about wages is, of course, they want to pay a good wage to people who work for them. It's hard to get people to work a lot of jobs, I mean, not just in a food bank. I know Dave Reynolds said he's just got five people working for him at this big facility in Quincy and not enough volunteers. And yeah, they want to pay a living wage, but they don't have enough workers. So I guess one of the biggest takeaways is volunteer. Donate money, donate, but giving money that they that, that there are no strings attached to is the biggest thing that they need because they have so many different needs. And so these fuel prices factor into the food shortage because of shipping and transportation? They have to move stuff all over creation. Yeah. 
You told me earlier this story is kind of a work in progress for you and that you're working on a feature. Uh, without giving too much away, can you give us a tease of what you've learned since you wrote this first article and what might be included in this new feature? I've learned that there's a lot more politics involved than I, I realized. I mean, my first interview, when I just came in and said, oh, I'm so happy to be doing a story that's not about some sort of conflict, you know, that everybody can agree on because both chambers of, of Congress had voted unanimously to extend the Keep Kids Fed programs through the summer. But it's much more political than I thought. And a lot of it, I learned more about the politics of it from reading a New York Times article about Congress extending Keep Kids Fed. And what it basically said was COVID is political. Members of Congress are perfectly fine with feeding kids, but that's where their ability to be unanimous about food seems to have gone away because saying we still have an issue with COVID and we still need to feed people is not something that a lot of them want to do. And while none of the people that I interviewed really wants to get into politics for a, a lot of reasons we can imagine. Um, I suspect that if they want help from the government, they need to be diplomatic. That was Jacob Sedesi interviewing Margie Menzel about Florida's food banks. Now, let's get you caught up on today's top stories. The University of Florida's Board of Trustees chair announced Thursday the committee will begin considering candidates for the school's 13th president. The Presidential Search Committee and the board voted unanimously on characteristics they would like to see in UF's next leader. UF's current president, Kent Vox, announced his plan to step down six months ago, planning to officially leave in early 2023. Spending and other financial matters were discussed in the update, with research spending reaching $1 billion. CBS4 reports that once the search process is over, the Board of Trustees will then select a candidate for ratification. The Alachua County School Board is walking back its decision to require clear backpacks for students. TV20 reports the rule was announced via email to parents and guardians on Monday this week and was quickly reversed the following day after the measure received backlash. School district officials worked with law enforcement to create the law following the mass shooting at a Uvalde, Texas elementary school. Almost 150 bills signed by Governor Ron DeSantis go into effect today. Among the bills are the critically named Don't Say Gay Bill, a new state budget, and a bill that allows cities and counties to ban smoking cigarettes on public beaches and in parks. FloridaPolitics.com reports the new budget raises the pay of state employees, such as public defenders, state attorneys, prison guards, and police officers. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Jacob Sedesi. And I'm Matthew Bell, and this is The Point out of WUFT at the University of Florida. Have a great weekend.